Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. So thankful for God's goodness and His mercy, His blessing, allowing us to be in church. Lord bless you. you may be seated. So thankful for the good word of the Lord that we just heard. Amen. Good preaching. Amen. So thankful for the preaching of the word of God. And uh, I want to say, first of all, how much of an honor it is to be here tonight. And I'm so thankful for the invitation to be here. Thank you, Brother Spell, for that. And uh, I am uh, thankful that I know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. Thankful for truth today. Amen. Amen. So good to see so many friends here tonight. Lord bless you for coming. Good to have most of all my, my family here and my wife and uh, three of my children and uh, glad that they're here and uh, glad to see my brother and his family here. And uh, good to see all of my good friends here in the house of the Lord with us tonight. And um, I tell you, there is some things that I am thankful for. And uh, I was—I met my daughter. I have her her picture here, graduation picture here in my Bible. I don't know how that got there. I don't remember putting it in there. But it's her smiling, saying, "Daddy, don't preach. Daddy, don't preach. Let us out of church. I'm hungry." But I, <laughs> I am, uh, I am, uh, of course, a looper's never been known to pay a lot of attention to what a woman says anyway. <clears throat> but uh, I am, I am thankful that the idea of two preachers in one night wasn't a going thing when I was a teenager. Whew. I'm telling you, man. That's, you know, I, I, preaching's good, but yeah. you know. <laughs> what they tell me at home, you can't have too much of a good thing. And <laughs> so uh, I, am, uh, I am thankful for that I, that I grew up in the 80s. So. But we had day services. Y'all get out on a lot of that. And brother, if you didn't go to day services, now that's when the long church was. That's when they brought out them charts. And, uh, and uh, they would teach, teach you for quite some time. Those old preachers, you guys must have been in their 40s, ancient of days. And, uh, but, but I can remember that as a child, man, those old. I could never figure out why they got those old preachers to preach things. Nobody wanted to hear those old guys. But when I, when it, now since I'm in my... Mid-40s, I found out that that's, them, them guys was young. They were just hitting their prime. But, so it is good, good to see all of you. Good to see the folks here from Silsby. Drove all the way, about 200 miles over here to hear me preach tonight at a late hour. And uh, so I'm thankful that you are here in the house of the Lord. Good to have my good friend Brother Hare here. Didn't he do a good job last night? Amen. Preaching the Word of God. And uh, so thankful for, for that. Also, Brother Lyle done a wonderful job. And uh, thankful for the word of the Lord. And uh, was not here for Tuesday night, but I've heard many things about Brother Merritt's preaching. Done a wonderful job. And again tonight, Brother Mark preaching. And I tell you what, everything's been wonderful to this point. The food has been wonderful. The fellowship has been wonderful. The worship has been wonderful. And uh, I hate to mess any good thing up tonight, so I'm going to try my best not to do so. But uh, I would like to go into the Word of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter number 10. John chapter number 10. And uh, we'll read a couple of passages of Scripture from John chapter number 10. Verse number 1. Again, Brother Spell, thank you. And I appreciate the work that you're doing here. And uh, I tell you what, I, I heard my daddy say this. He said when he moved to Stuttgart, he was 17 years old when God called him to Stuttgart, Arkansas, to build a church. 
And uh, so he didn't know what to do, so he just got him a speaker and got out on the side of the main street there and Stuttgart and was preaching. This guy walks by, and he was a lawyer or banker or something there in town, said he was smoking a cigar and said he leaned up against the light post. He was listening at him preach. And my daddy, he was letting it go, you know, and he thought he had this, this guy was listening to him, so he was really preaching. When he got through, said he was putting up his little PA system, said the guy come over and he's chewing on that cigar and he said, well, young man, I admire your spunk anyway. And I tell you what, what Brother Spell is doing with these buses, it's not easy, I promise you. And uh, for all of these people that are working, Lord bless you for working very hard in the kingdom of God. These young people admire his children today for working. Lord bless them and give them fruit for their labor. Amen. John chapter 10, verse number 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now we're going to go to St. John 10 and 10. This is one of my daddy's favorite passages of Scripture. This inspired him every time he preached, I believe. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he would always put rob in there. He'd come to steal and to rob. He said it wasn't in there, but it should have been in there. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Why don't we lift our hands toward heaven and thank God for his word tonight. God, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, God, for what we have already heard tonight. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Give me just a few moments of your time tonight. I'll try not to keep you too long, but I do feel like I have something on my heart from the Lord that I'd like to share with you tonight. I, uh, last night in setting through the services, uh, the service, excuse me, through the messages, I, um, I, uh, reached, uh, leaned over to my brother and I told him, I said, and I heard someone testify about what Brother Merritt had preached. I said, you're not going to believe the title of my sermon for tomorrow night. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know what might be going on in someone's life tonight. I don't know if God's trying to talk to me, he's trying to talk to you, but I do feel very definite after what I have heard tonight and what I heard last night and what I've heard about Brother Merritt's message and what I have to deliver to you tonight, I could do like Rush Limbaugh says and say dittos and we could all go eat. But I have more of the same for you tonight. I, I, uh, <clears throat> this, this is just amazing. It blows my mind sometimes. But Tuesday night, I was not listening to Holy Ghost Radio. I did not hear the message. But I was, I just got in with my motor home. We'd had some trouble and I got it fixed and just got it back to the house. And I was, got there about dark. It was about 8.30 and I was washing my motor home. I'd been praying. I really didn't know what direction to go. And I felt a definite direction from the Lord. And I come in and told my wife, I said, I, I, I feel something from the Lord. And uh, the Lord gave me a thought. And uh, I, I said, I, I feel some direction now. I went to the church uh, the next morning, Wednesday morning. I was there at the church praying and uh, getting some things together. Now, I'm going to tell you the title of my sermon tonight. And uh, the title of my sermon is, A Inheritance Worth Fighting For. An inheritance worth fighting for. 
sitting in the service last night, I beg, my mind began to go over of different things that I could preach. And I said, man, I've got to get something different. They done said everything I wanted to say. And uh, I just felt so definite. No, just say it again. But you know, that's what preaching is. Preaching is you say it, and then you say it again, and you say it again, and then you lift your voice and say it again. And then you scream and cry and say it again. Amen. Noah had one message that he preached. It's going to rain. You better get in the ark. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. So I believe before every trial that we go through, God sends direction. Before every fall, God throws out a lifeline. Before someone making a bad decision, God always gives them a chance to make the right decision. Because you see, no matter what you think, God wants to save you so bad. God wants you to go to heaven so bad that He stretched His arms out wide. He said, here, put the nails right here. Spit in my face. Amen. Pierce my side. Amen. Inheritance is something that is very, very interesting. I find interesting, just the other day I was reading, or I was reading, I believe it was in the newspaper, or I can't remember if I was reading in the newspaper, when you get old, you get up, you get up in the morning, you sit down in the chair, you read the newspaper, you have a cup of coffee, and then life starts. So that's what all you young people's got to look forward to. But I, I, I was reading and I are, are listening at the radio and I heard talking about some big billionaire that was angry at his family. So uh, they had decided that instead of giving his inheritance to his children, that he was going to give it all to charity. I got the address and started sending in our information on our church. <laughs> no, not really, but I wanted to. But I got to reading uh, Wednesday morning about some things of famous... Uh, suits and disputes that have been over inheritance. And um, I read one about Howard Marshall III. His estimated value was worth just a measly $1.6 billion. He was, he was uh, 80, 80 something, 89 years old, I believe it was. And uh, some way or another, this young lady, 62 years younger than him, fell in love with him. Now some said that it was because of his wealth. I don't know what gave him that idea. But she said, no, it is, I am in love with the man. Man, <laughs> it's amazing what... What, how, how somebody that young and nice looking and, and all of that could fall in love with someone that elderly. But, but it just so happened she, she said that he promised her that he was going to give her half of his estate. Well, he died 14 months later. And she cried. She was so upset, so tore up. And uh, what she was so tore up and upset about was that he did not sign the correct papers to sign over half of his fortune to her. So she takes his children to court. And uh, this went to court in 2007. Then in, 2000, in 2006, I think they took it even before Supreme Court because of the documents that was not correct signed and she was fussing well in the meantime this lady passes away from uh, abuse of drugs and so so a lot of it is still up for dispute today I read another one about Leona Hemingsley now her estimated uh, worth net worth was just a measly four billion dollars 
And in 2007, she passed away. And uh, when they, the executor of the will started reading the will, they found out that Miss Hemingsley did not leave anything to her children and her grandchildren. But she left $12 million to her 8-year-old dog. <clears throat> Trouble. My name is Trouble. <laughs> and uh, so... So leaving this fortune to her dog and none to her children, her children and grandchildren leaving the rest to charity, they get upset and they take it to court to protest uh, the will. And um, in the middle of this, there were so many threats against the dog that it cost $100,000 a year to protect the dog's life. When it went to court, the judge took away, uh, I think it was $10 million from the dog, gave it to charity, and the rest distributed to charity and only gave the grandchildren a measly $6 million. Now, for one that I find so, so absurd, Ted Williams, a baseball player, he was known for being quite an odd guy. The amount of his fortune is not known. But the circumstances surrounding the baseball great Ted Williams' will are truly bizarre. In 1996, Williams signed a will stating that he wished to be cremated and his ashes spread out at sea. After his death, uh, the executor of the estate, estate claimed that Williams wanted to be frozen. Two of his children supported the action, going to court with a piece of paper that Williams had signed that said that he and his children would be frozen so in the future, when medical advances enough, they could be together. And so this went to court until one of his daughters ran out of money and could not fight it any longer. The odd thing about it is Williams is still frozen today, but his head is separated from his body in two different places. So then his son, which passed away in 2004, he is also frozen, waiting for the great reunion. There is some inheritance that's just not worth fighting for. I've often heard, this comes from my very dear friend here, he's told me this before. He said, is that a hill that you, that you feel like is worth dying on? Some things is not worth fighting for. I have seen people that have, their parents had passed away. The children didn't work for the inheritance. Some is great, some is not very much, but families get tangled up. Amen. Trouble arises, and it's really not worth fighting for. I've seen families that over a little vase, that was my mama's, because I didn't get it, and somebody else got it in the family. I'm never going to speak to them again. Some things are not worth fighting for. Amen. Now I tell you, when Brother B.A. Spell passes away, he's going to leave a lot. I'm going to come over here and fight for that fortune. I've often heard he was the richest man in Pentecost. <laughs> but I tell you what, when I die, I'm going to be like my daddy was when he died. There wasn't anything to fight over. Okay, this gun's yours, that gun's mine. This gun's yours, that one goes to you. That was it. He spent it all. There was no fortune. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run out of money and time at the same time. And when my kids, they, they're going to be crying when I die. Because there's going to be, there's gonna be some, some stuff that they're going to owe. 
I'm going to say to this one, for the times that I bought you a new car, this is what you have to pay back the bank. <laughs> Some things are not worth fighting for. I've seen people get in arguments, amen, over measly little things that's not worth anything. There's been families that has been separated. This happens in the church, believe it or not. Families won't speak to each other. Their children won't speak to each other in the future. And their children don't even know what they're mad about. What is it that we don't like about them people anyway? Well, Papa and, and Mama and, and this one and that one, they had an argument. And some things are not worth fighting for. But I want to tell you today, there is some inheritance. There is some inheritance that is worth the fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 6 and 7 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness had shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you this one God apostolic message that here, O Israel, the Lord, our God is still one Lord. It's still worth fighting for. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. People aren't giving in and saying, well, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. You can believe in one, two, or three. You can be baptized in the titles or you can be baptized in the name. I want to tell you, if you got baptized in the titles, all you done was get wet. But if you got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you went down in a watery grave. Your sins have been forgiven. They are washed away. Hallelujah. An inheritance worth fighting for. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The scripture says then in verse number 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us we have a treasure what is that treasure that is a gift of the Holy Ghost he's placed it in these earthen vessels we've got something we need to protect something that we need to guard we've got an inheritance that's worth fighting for Amen. Amen. Don't forget the treasure. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in the field. Amen. The which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. Amen. There's a couple of different ideas about what this scripture interpretation of how to interpret this scripture. I don't want to, to contradict against your theological belief tonight. Amen. But I believe that we have found a treasure that is hid in the field that still costs you everything. Amen. You can't hold on to the world and hold on to God. This new idea and new age and new opinion that people has that you can live like the devil and still have God, it's a false idea. If you're going to live for God, you've got to be 100% totally committed, totally sold out to God. Amen. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. He, what the devil would try to make you feel like that you lose your treasure, that you lose your desire, that you forget how good 
God is. You forget how good it is to feel the presence and the power of God. It amazes me when somebody comes to the house of God and God fills them with the Holy Ghost and he washes away their sins and water baptism in Jesus' name. They're so excited, they're willing to give up everything. Amen. But sometimes people forget the treasure. It's still worth fighting for. Amen. We have a prime example in the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 25, it tells us a story. Amen. I'm trying to hurry. You might not think so, but I'm trying my best. Amen. Genesis chapter 25 tells us a very sad story in the Word of God about two brothers, Jacob and Esau. Amen. Esau was born with the right to inherit. He had an inheritance that was worth fighting for. He had an inheritance that was a multi, multi million or even in today's money, I'm sure billion dollar inheritance. He had the, the, the right to the birthright. Amen. In, in, in Genesis chapter 25, in verse number 31, it says that he was out during the day, and when he come in, he finds his brother cooking a bowl of, of pottage. And uh, he looks at his brother, and he says, Give me some of the pottage. I'm hot. I'm tired. I've been out hunting all day. Amen. I've been out doing the things of the day. I need something right now. I'm about to faint. And his brother, stirring the pot a little bit, more ways than one, he says, sell me this day your birthright. You see, why did Jacob say that? Jacob knew that there was something down in Esau's heart. He knew that there was a price tag. Esau had already let it be known that, that it's for sale. Amen. You see some people in the Pentecostal apostolic church, you may not have it on the outside where people can see it, but you are flaunting it that there is a price that I can't be bought. Amen. There is a price. You just got to bid and you got to make the right deal. And I am for sale. Amen. Somebody needs to take the for sale sign off of your soul tonight. Somebody needs to take it down and burn it and say, I've got a new lease on life. I'm no longer for sale. Hallelujah. But Esau had let it be known. His body language had let it be known amen the way that he conducted himself would let it be known i want to tell you today young people the way that you dress lets the world know and lets the devil know that there is a price tag that there is a possibility that the inheritance that i love i may not love as much as my forefathers amen because you see what has happened to the children of israel has happened to us today that we are stepping into houses that we did not build amen we are drinking from vineyards that we did not plant amen we are pastoring churches that we did not dig out oh hallelujah Praise God. Praise God. We are stepping and fulfilling the position of pastor that did not cost us as much as it did our fathers. So some are willing to sell out. Some are willing to give it over. Some are willing to give it up. Amen. So Esau had a price tag. And Jacob was looking for the opportunity. 
sell me this day your birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point of dying. What profit shall this birthright do me? Man, I've been out hunting. I'm at the point of dying. Man, just go just a little bit further to your mama's house. Mama will always take care of you. Mama always cook you a good meal. Go to the neighbor's house. But he had the attitude that what shall this prophet mean? Amen. There are 22 things. For the sake of time, I'm going to cut it down and just highlight some of these 22 blessings of the birthright. The first thing is the family inheritance. Amen. The inheritance of Abraham. The inheritance of Isaac. The father's blessing. He was going to get his hands of his father placed upon him. And the transfer of blessings. The fulfillment in offspring. The, the personal blessings of God. To have power over his enemies. Spiritual blessings of Abraham. The justified by faith that Abraham walked with God. But here in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the battle, we find Esau saying, I'm ready to give it up for just a bowl of pottage. Amen. The devil will tell you that your inheritance is not profitable to you. The devil will tell you that the value of your inheritance has dropped. That it has no value in the day and the time that we are living in. But I want to tell you this message is still the right message. Amen. This holiness way of living is still the right way to live. Amen. Amen. I do not think it was the hunger that destroyed Esau. But I think it was the lust and the lack of self-control. That I've got to have it and I've got to have it right now. Amen. There are people in our churches. There is young people. I've got to have it. And I've got to have it right now. I've got it. I want it. I can't live without it. Amen. Like Samson said, this woman pleases me. And I've got to have her right now. But she's trying to destroy you, Samson. Amen. I want to tell you, young person, there is no girl and there is no boy that is worth selling your inheritance over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A few years ago, I was in Houston, my wife and myself, buying a car. And uh, we had decided on the one that we wanted. We went in to the finance department. We were sitting there and the guy said, where are you from? I told him where I was from. He said, my mother was from Sealsby. Texas. I said, wow, that's pretty neat. He said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church. And he said, what kind of church? I said, a Pentecostal church. He said, you know, he said, my mother was some kind of Pentecost. I said, really? I said, yeah. I said, she went to a Pentecostal church in, in Silsby. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, I said, she, she got out of church when she was a teenager. I said, I just kind of changed denominations. I said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, went to a, a guy's church name, uh, du, du, Duplicity or something. I said, well, ain't that a coincidence? That's a church I now pastor. That's my father-in-law. And uh, he said, wow. I said, that's, that's neat. Said, said, I can remember my mama telling me about a guy that always come through there and, and, uh, 
very popular preacher, uh, a guy named Bean or somebody like that. I said, yeah, Verbal Bean. He said, that's the name. said, she got the Holy Ghost in his revival. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. He said, but something else. They didn't just call themselves Pentecostal. But there was some other word that they used. He said, kind of like apple, 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 apoholics. I said, apostolics. He said, that's the word. Before he said it, I let him uh, fumble around trying to discover the word. He said, wait just a minute. I'm going to find out what it is. He gets on the phone. He calls his sister. He said, I got a preacher here from Silsby. He passes the church that mama used to go to. Said, uh, said, what was that word that they called themselves other than Pentecost? My point is, my point that I was letting play out that day. One generation. And they cannot even pronounce the word apostolic. Just one generation. And they don't even know what it's about. They don't know what to call it. Amen. You know what happened to this young lady? I don't mean to cross anybody's boundaries on your belief or religious beliefs. But she found a good old Baptist boy. And she said, I'm willing to sell my inheritance to marry the love of my life. I wanted to ask him, hey, is your mom and daddy still married? How did their, how did their life go together? But I was too embarrassed to ask that. I wished I knew today where I could tell you. Amen. But one generation, let me tell you today, Pentecostal, apostolic, holiness, Holy Ghost believing, tongue-talking, holy rollers, we cannot afford to lose one generation. Amen. Amen. The lust, I've got to have it right now. Amen. I'm sorry for taking so long, but I got a burden from God on my heart tonight. Amen. God is desperately trying His best to help someone in this meeting. Every message, every service has been, hey, you better hang on to what you have. Don't give up. Don't turn it loose. Don't let go of it. But hang on to truth. Hallelujah. We are in a generation that is the now generation. Amen. I tell young people when they're getting married, I say the worst thing you can do in a marriage is get a bunch of credit cards. Because it'll let you buy stuff that you don't need with money that you don't have. And debt causes problems. Amen. Debt causes trouble. I said stay away from it. But why wait when we can have it now? Why wait on it to come to us or us to reach out and get it when we can drive what everybody else is driving and we can have what everybody else is having? Amen. But a wise man once told another very wise man, it takes a long time to get a gate. Don't try to get there too quick, but don't give up your inheritance for a short time journey. Amen. Amen. Esau says, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit is this birthright to me? What good is it going to do me if I die? And Jacob gave Esau the bread. Come on, man. The devil will do it upright. Man, the supplanter, he knows how to get you. He knows how to lure you in. 
The supplanter says, I ain't going to give you just pottage, oh boy. But I'm going to give you some pottage. I'm going to give you a bowl of lentils to go along with that. I'm going to give you something to drink to go along with it. Because, man, I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And the devil's turning his head. And I can see Jacob laughing in his hand. Saying, you idiot. You fool. Who would sell their birthright? Amen. The devil is laughing at some of you tonight night because you already put up the for sale sign and you said I'm for sale amen but I come to warn somebody in the house of God tonight don't give it up don't sell out don't turn it over but hang on to your inheritance it's an inheritance worth fighting for hallelujah hallelujah Amen. The scripture said, and Esau despised his birthright. People handingly putting it in their hands carelessly, carelessly throwing it away. What people have bled, what people have suffered, what people have worked for. Amen. Amen. Oh, I know if my daddy was here tonight, he'd probably classify me as a liberal. But I am trying my best to hold on to the values that was placed in me. That says, hey son, Hollywood has never been right and it's never going to be right. Amen. God still called us to come out from among them and be ye separate. Amen. It's, it's still, it's still wrong. No matter what kind of device it's coming through. Amen. The scripture said the old way is still the good way. What are we trying to identify with? What are we trying to look like? Are we trying to fit in with the world? Amen. There's something about me. Now, I, I like, I like styles. I like nice clothes. I like nice things. I like nice cars. I have a like for those things. Amen. But there's some things that cross the line that I've drawn that I'm not stepping over that. Amen. God don't want his church looking back a bunch of perverts. Amen. God don't want his holy women trying to fit in at the mall amen but God wants us to be different amen if we're not different we have nothing to give the world why in the world should they want something that they don't even have to change brands of cigarettes oh hallelujah I'm not trying to be mean and I pray that you don't think I have a bad spirit. But preaching the word, if it's a bad spirit, just classify me as a bad spirit. Amen. But I tell you, I love this message with every drop and ounce of blood that is in me. I want to love it. I want to hold on to it. Amen. What has been handed down to me, I want to protect it. Devil, it's not for sale. It's not for sale for bigger crowds. It's not for sale for more money. It's not for sale for bigger buildings. It's not for sale. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse number 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the way and seek and ask for the old path and walk therein. Where is, excuse me, where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your soul. But they said we will not walk therein I said okay devil there's a price tag here what would you give me for today's salvation if we want our inheritance we must come out from among them 
The scripture said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 17, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Come out from among them. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought Abraham out of Haran. Amen. Everywhere He brought His children out, taking them to a better place. God has brought us out of the world. Don't look like it. Don't act like it. Don't talk like it. Don't try to fit in it. Amen. But we are pilgrims and strangers. We got another place that we're going. Amen. This world is not our home. We've got a better place. There's a better place. There's a better place. There's a better place. There's a better place place that we're Amen. 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 The scripture here, come out from among them. It's saying come out from homosexuality. Come out from all demonic, moral, and physical uncleanness. We must be cleansed by the body and by the spirit. Amen. That's what the commentary says about it. Somebody that don't know the truth like we know the truth said you can't give in to that spirit. Amen. This is a day and an hour where only like 3% or or 1 or 2% is even gay homosexual, queer, whatever you want to call them. Amen. But the rest of the world, 50-something percent of America caters to them. There's a price tag. It don't matter if it's in my family, your family, I'm like Brother Lyle said last night, there's a lot of things I ever wanted to be, but I've never wanted to be a woman. Amen. Amen. But I want to tell you today, we can't. That is a foul spirit from hell. You're not born that way. Oh, no. But what worries me is not what the world is doing, but it's what's going on in the church. Amen. Sympathetic. Amen. Call oh, just, oh, it's a right thing. We gotta be careful with that. We gotta be easy with that. I want to tell you it was a sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's still a sin today. Amen. My inheritance is not for sale. It's not for sale. Devil, you hear me? I've got something that's worth fighting for. I've got something that is worth fighting for. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. How many is happy about your inheritance? Praise God. I still love it. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What is worth giving up our inheritance for? Is Hollywood a good trade? Is internet wood a good trade? Is ungodly dress a good trade? Is lust of the world a good trade? Is giving up your joy and serving God a good trade? I want to tell you today, there is nothing that the devil has to offer. The devil did not go to Calvary for you. The devil did not bleed and die for you. But Jesus, God, robed himself in flesh and come down in this world and took on the sins of mankind and said, I'm going to make a way where the devil says there is no way. You think I'm going to give it up? Not on your life, devil. Amen. I love my inheritance. I love my inheritance. 
Amen. Amen. There is nothing that the devil has to offer that is a good trade for what God has given us. When I think about the elders that have walked before us, what Brother Hare preached last night, Amen. What Brother Lau preached last night. What Brother Merritt preached the night before. And what Brother Marnus preached tonight. And I think about the, what the elders have given us. Amen. Young preachers, hear me today. I consider myself still a young man of God. Amen. But we have an awesome responsibility to hold fast the lines that have been set there. The things that have already been placed in order. Let's don't start blurring the lines. Let's don't start moving it around. But let's hang on to it. Amen. That's the way strong churches is built. That's the way holiness churches is built. You've got to preach it. I must repent for telling a story tonight. I said I was going to try not to be long, but I've already gone way too long. But, saints of God, let me encourage you tonight. When your preacher gets up and he starts preaching the Word of God that comes down your cornrow, and he starts busting the hides of your little children... I don't like nobody to be picking on my kids. And he starts working your motor over. Now you have the option. You have the option to get mad at the preacher. You have the option to go across town to a pastor that will understand you better and your desires better. But I want to tell you what you need to do is no matter how bad it hurts, I found out the times that my mama took her slipper off, as they would say from Mississippi, and she'd grab me by one hand, or she'd grab me, I told her she grabbed me by the hair of the head. She said she didn't do it, but I prayed that the Lord would forgive her before she passed. Amen. She would hold me with one hand and take that house shoe and tear my little bottom up, big bottom up, and, and get me, but I found out one thing. Get a little closer, baby, to what's hurting you. Amen. Get a little closer closer to the preacher when he starts preaching. All the man of God is trying to do is to protect your inheritance. He wants you to have something to hand down to the next generation. He wants you to have something that you can give your kids. I don't want my kids to be lost. I want them to have the same opportunity that I have. Preacher! Amen. Like the preachers already said tonight, stand up and say, Woo! That hurts. Oh man, that was rough tonight. But come on, preacher. Lay it on me, whatever it takes. I've got to be saved. I want to protect my inheritance. Oh, I've got something that's worth fighting for. Naboth, Naboth, you got a vineyard, buddy. I got a lot of money. I got the kingdom at my fingertips. I got one that's here close to you, brother. Man, it's a, it's a, it's a vineyard of herbs. Look what I've got. I want your vineyard and you give me, I'll give you my vineyard. I got a good trade for you. Naboth, what do you think about the trade? Now the Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm sure that Naboth might have looked over and said, let's, let's go look at it and uh, let's see what it's all about. He goes over, I can see him in my mind's eye, not biblical eye, but my wondering mind's eye. And he goes and he looks at the vineyard and something starts clicking in his mind. And he says, boy, that's a good-looking place. Man, look at all those herbs, man. Garlic, onions. Got a little cilantro growing there. Woo-wee. I mean, make me some hot sauce. 
I got a little, little, what they call that, them, them herbs for all that, that garlic bread and man, good, good Italian food like, y'all, y'all want some of that fettuccine right now? I can see it rolled on your face. Amen. You're almost there. Hold on a little bit. We got to get a hold of this inheritance. Amen. But, but look at oh, what, what I could do. But all of a sudden his mind starts going back. I've had it to happen in my life. I've been pastoring, trying to make decisions. Every once in a while, I'd been easier. It made a lot more sense to fudge just a little bit and say, you know, man, you know, it won't make a big difference, man. I'm going to make those folks mad. I stay up at night worrying about making them mad. I stay up at night fretting about making them mad. Amen. I, I... But when I get ready to say, okay, I, you know, maybe it won't hurt anything. I feel something down on the inside of me. And I hear a voice, maybe coming from God or maybe coming from that old chair, Brother Hare. Amen. But there's something that says, son, don't sell out. You still got something that's worth fighting for. There's an inheritance that's worth fighting for. Naboth, Naboth pulled in between, not knowing what to go. All of a sudden he thinks about, this wasn't just my daddy's, but it was my grandpa's. It was his daddy's. It was his daddy's. From generation and generation to generation, it was handed all the way back down to when the children of Israel come into the promised land. And I'm not giving it up. Ahab! No deal, Ahab. No deal. No deal. No deal, Ahab. But Ahab, man, look at this. Man, he throws on the sales pitch, young people. Hear me, young ladies. But man, he's tall. He's dark. He's handsome. He drives a nice car. But he just don't have the truth. But I'll win him. No, 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 no. No, you won't win him. No, you won't win him. He'll take you down the wrong road. He'll promise you the world and give you nothing but heartache. Hear me, young man. It don't matter if she is a cheerleader. It don't matter how, how good her family is. It don't matter how faithful they are to their church. But it's not the church! to get an understanding of what we have. No deal, Ahab. Well, let me sweeten the pot a little bit, Nabah. No, I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. This is what Naboth said. The Lord forbid it me. I wanted to, Ahab, but when I knelt down and I talked to God about it. Preacher, I wanted to fudge a little bit. But when I knelt down and talked to God about it, God forbid me. And He said, don't sell out your inheritance. It's not the right thing to do. One of the most disturbing phone calls that I had, I had just a couple years ago, one of my friends I fell in love with, not in an ungodly love, but a ministerial love. I loved this man. He called me, he said, I think I need to tell you I owe it to you. And I hope to God he's listening tonight. I thought I owed it to you, man. I, I just, you know, I'm going to go another way. About my age. He said, you know, I, I'm going to broaden my circle a little bit. Not really going to change a lot. I'm going to broaden my circle a little bit. You know, some of these things I just don't see that it's a big deal. 
I said, no, you're not broadening your circle. You're cutting me out of your circle. Because I can't go to that circle. No matter how much I love you. No matter what I think about you. No matter how good a preacher you are. I can't go that way because I got an inheritance that's worth fighting for. I said, I tell you what, buddy. I said, you say this as far as you're going. You call me in a year's time and see where I'm at and see where you're at. The circle, the lines that he moved has gotten so blurry that there's never a line even there. If this don't matter, that don't matter. If that don't matter, this don't matter. And everything is coming in. I tell you what, we've got to have some boundaries. Preacher, preach it. Pastor, I beg of you, preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. There was an old Jezebel that says, says Ahab, why are you so sad? Well, I want a Nabob's vineyard. I promise you, I, Lord have mercy. I'm almost done. I want Naboth's vineyard, but he won't sell it to me, Jezebel. Jezebel says, hold on, I got a deal here. They went out and lied on the man you will be lied on. Some of you that do not agree with me tonight, do not feel what I feel, do not understand what I'm talking about tonight, you'll go out and have things to say about me. But you know what? I really don't care. Amen, because I believe this truth. I believe this truth. I want to be your friend. I want to love you. I want to fellowship with you. But my Lord, this truth is not for sale. They lied on Him. They brought Him before the judges. They killed Him. And you say, man, what a loss. He should have took the deal and went on. But you know what? Every time it is mentioned in the Bible after that, it's never Ahab's vineyard. It's always Naboth's vineyard. Ahab had the vineyard, but it was Naboth's vineyard. So you know what that tells me? The devil might push you in the corner. The devil might even take your life. He might try to stomp you out. But I want to tell you, it'll be your kid's inheritance. You might silence me, but I'm going to hold on to it and pass it on down to the next generation. Devil, it's never going to be yours. Devil, it's never going to be yours. It's never going to be yours. vineyard it's always Naboth's vineyard just keep the faith keep the faith it's an inheritance that's worth fighting for amen amen I hear a lot say oh some of this is just traditions brother it's just traditions I might agree with you some of it's traditions but we also have scripture for that. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast, stand fast and hold the traditions which have been taught. Whether by word or by epistle. Hold fast to those traditions. Young man of God. Hold fast some of those things that these elders have given us. Oh, they call them traditions. Let them call them what they want to. Hold on to them. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold fast 
the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that had promised. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 21 and 22 says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Walk in the good way. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the one who holds your inheritance says, I have come that you might have life. Now, if the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and he comes that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly, who's got the better deal? Man... This message has been so good to me. I don't deserve the blessings of God. One man said, said, when you see a turtle on a fence post, you can rest assured of one thing, he didn't get there by himself. When you see me tonight, I didn't get here by myself. I'm a product of men that have fought. given their all to the cause of God. Devil, I've got an inheritance that's worth fighting for. I do apologize for keeping you so long tonight, but I don't apologize for what I had to say. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. My fellow ministers of the gospel, keep fighting. Keep fighting through opposition. Preachers' wives, keep fighting. Don't sell out. Don't give in. Fight through sleepless nights. Fight through lonely days. If they're going to walk off and leave you, fight anyway. Because I've got an inheritance that's worth fighting for. Let us all.